What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. I'm Joe Jimenez here with Jared Penniman. And today's guest, we have Alex Hernandez. We also know him as Poppy Hernandez. You'll hear me in the episode calling him Poppy because that was his nickname um, during the summer where I played summer ball with him. Anyways, Poppy goes to Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, Nova is a D2 powerhouse, and they won the D2 National Championship in 2016. And they're really known for getting guys to the pros, especially being at the D2 level. It's very impressive. Um, some famous alumni you may know are J.D. Martinez, Miles Mikolas, and Mike Fire. So they definitely get guys out into the pros. Um, and in this episode, you'll get to hear more about the culture of Nova Southeastern under um, former coach Greg Brown, who's now with the Tampa Bay Rays. And now uh, new coach, Laz Gutierrez, who was with the Boston Red Sox before coming to Nova Southeastern. But we also talk about the importance of connections throughout the recruiting process. Um, it's an op- awesome episode, guys. Hope you enjoy it. So let's go. Poppy, thanks so much for coming on. How you doing, man? No problem, man. I'm doing good. How about you? Uh, I'm we're doing well. Um, so first question we'll get into is kind of just, you know, how'd you, how'd you end up at Nova Southeastern? So with Nova, it was kind of a weird process with me because my brother was there for four years and I got lucky and I had some connections with them uh, between Brownie and uh, Cruzy, which was our recruiting coordinator at the time. It was funny. I didn't really have to play any summer ball or anything. I would have ended up in the same school and uh it just it really felt like they really wanted me and they really loved me and they really wanted to see me play and it just it took the cake compared to everyone else poppy what other uh what other schools were you talking to and i think that's something i thought a, a lot about when i was going through my process is that idea of like okay like who wants me the most um and I think a lot of players don't think about that enough in the recruiting process. Like, where did you kind of get that mentality of, you know, I want to go to the place that wants me the most? For sure. Like, was that from your brother? Yeah. So the big thing for me was I was always that kid, like, oh, like, I want to go to big D1. I want to go D1. Like, that's where everyone sees you. But at the end of the day, like, if you perform, if you play, people are going to find you. And my brother always instilled that in me. Like, look, like, yeah, you're talking to these people, like, but do they really want you? Like, look at these guys. Like, they're in they're in your corner, like, telling you, look, bro, we're going to get you drafted. We got your brother drafted. We got all these people here. Like, this is this is it. You know what I'm saying? Alex, was – obviously, you ended up at the same school as your brother. But when your brother initially went there, were you just, like – did you – did part of you just not want to go there at all? Just want to make it, like, your own name and your own place? It, yeah, I think that was, a like, a big thing also in my head. I was, like – Oh, you know, I honestly, I had, I, I was lived in South Florida and I never heard of Nova Southeastern. I was like, what, like, what kind of program is this that I don't even know? And it's in the backyard of my house. And it just so happens that as soon as my brother got there, their name started getting out there, started getting out there. And then they won the national championship in uh, 2016. So. Yeah. What year was that for your brother? Like what year was you there? Like so 2013 was, to 16? Yeah. So that was his, no, to 17. That was his junior year. To 17. Got it. Yeah. So his freshman class was, were like the studs and they got to like his sophomore year. They won the first uh, conference title there. And then the next year they won the Natty. 
Gotcha, gotcha. When when they won that, were you was that kind of that put the the flash bulb in your head of like actually maybe I do want to go there? I was like, wow, look at look at the culture here. Look at look at how much these guys win and have fun at the same time, and it's just a family. Yeah. We have we have a thing we would always say it's all about the hang, because it's all about it's all about us and all about us when we're there, and it's just it's so much fun. Yeah, I guess we were going to, Jared and I were waiting to get into the culture aspect, but I guess we can kind of get into that right now. But, I mean, I think at Chapman we had something pretty similar, right, Penny? Of, you know, like it was just such a family in that one year. And and the years before that, um, not that they weren't close. It was just different. Just something just feels different. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. and I guess, Poppy, let's let's go into into Coach Brownie, Greg Brown. Um, you know, playing summer ball with you last last year, <clears throat> he's someone you'd you'd always talk about, and obviously someone I'd ask a lot of questions about because he is a big catching guy. But tell us how he ran practices, just how he ran the program in general at Nova. Yeah, man, Brownie's 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 a special guy. It's it's hard not to bring him up for how much he instills in you. But I think the biggest thing for him and his leadership style, I think, was all about empathy. He knew how to connect with each and every single player. Like that's that's the big thing at Nova with him. He knew that if this guy needs some tough love, he's gonna give it some. If this guy doesn't respond well to guys like going crazy on him, then he's not gonna do that. So he he always knew how to navigate around that. And then practice-wise, like I said, he would just always make everything way harder than in the games. And that would make the games feel like it was a joke. And I'm talking about different angles off the machines, hitting-wise, catching-wise, anything you could think of. Just anything to get that little edge over your opponent. Was was that something that the players... Obviously, you we all want to win and we all want to be at the top of our game, but... It's was it sometimes like you just got sick and tired of how difficult practices were? Because I know at least because uh, we kind of implemented similar stuff. My art, my senior year, Joe's junior year, when we won the national championship and some practices, you were just like, man, I, I do not want to do for, this. For sure. Yeah. But he always instilled in us. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. And as soon as you like you think about that and you click with it, you're like, bro, I got to fall in love with the process. And then once you get to the result, it's like, wow, like, why did I even want to get to the result? I love the process more than the result. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's true. So, Poppy, I'm pretty sure I told you about our practices, but it was basically like we do everything. It's basically like glorified games where it, it's a coach pitching, but he's throwing off speed and everything, and it's just you're <laughs> in situations and you're in games. Off, off but, speed's an understatement. The shit was fucking nasty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Jared, now we're going to have to make this an explicit podcast. Cause, <laughs> anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways, but, you know, I think that once you get past the point, I think, I'm sorry, where am I going with this? No, it was like halfway through the year. And, like, this team was doing better than any team I'd ever played for. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, it's the practices. And you don't, like, at first – I don't know if you this was the same it. thing. You don't. You, you do not want to exactly. Yeah. Exactly, but that's just that's just how it is. Was it kind of the same thing for you? Like, I guess you had your brother going there before, but 
um, like what are practices like? Are you guys, is it something similar to where it's like a lot of situational stuff, a oh, lot yeah. of just challenge BP? We, we, I think it was last year, uh, my sophomore year before we got into playoffs, we were practicing this play that would maybe happen, bro, I would say like once, once or twice a season and we kept practicing it, practicing it. And he was just going crazy at it. And it just so happens that the first playoff game, it happens. And it was just one of those things. Of like, yeah, of it was just one of those things, man, that he just liked to put like us in every situation. So nothing was a surprise. Does that, did that kind of sum up Brownie? Cause obviously I, I didn't get to talk to you about him or I didn't get to experience playing with him, but does that just kind of sum up playing for him in a nutshell? It was just, there was nothing that could come up that would be a surprise for anybody in the game. Pretty much. And that, I think that's huge when you're talking about winning programs. I feel like that's, that's the same, like all around, but with him, I, I think it's just all about developmental, man. So that once you get to the game, he would say the game is ours. And no, the game is yours and the practices are ours. I like that a lot. Yeah. I really do. Poppy, when was the first time, I guess not that you weren't necessarily not bought in to Brownie, but when was the first time, it was whether it was your freshman year or your sophomore year, where you were like, what? Brownie's my guy. Like, I really respect him. I will follow him um, with whatever he says, basically. Yeah, so it always – it was always something that was right there for me to grab. And I think it just happens, like, with different guys at different times where everything just clicks. Sometimes you don't even notice it. Other times you do. I would say now looking back on it, it all clicked for me. Like, I would say my sophomore year when – it was all tough, tough love, and he was just trying to get me better. Like I said, like they would be, they would be playing in the middle of games, and I'd be in the cage receiving off the machine, just trying to get better, trying to show him like this is this is me. Like no one's coming to take this spot. Was were there guys that struggled with that? I mean, because obviously there's there's two types of people. There's those that can handle criticism and tough love, and those that can't. I mean. Were there guys in that program that came in there not knowing what Brownie was going to be like and then got a rude awakening and then either left or had to had to get used to it? Yeah, I think 100%. But at the end of the day, like, those guys, do you really want them on your team? Do, are, right. they, are they going to be cancers? Are mm-hmm. they going to mess the culture up? So at the end of the day, if, if they can't handle it, then they'll just go ahead and walk out. Yeah. And I think that's the the biggest part of setting a high standard, right? It's it's this is where we want to be. This is the kind of people we want to be. And like, if you're not willing to be a part of that, like, it just weeds everyone else out. For Benny, sure. I think that was a huge part of our championship run too, because the players that were supposed to be playing played. Like, it was as simple as that. Oh yeah, well, and, and not only not only that, but I think the I think everyone on the bench knew who should be playing. Like exactly. there wasn't, I think that was what, um, that's a huge part of just even like the practices. I mean, Alex, you said it perfectly. The, the practices were the coach's time and the game was the player's time. But during those practices, you knew who was performing and who was ready to play just based off of the practices. Cause they were just so intense. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Bobby, I want to go into, um, something we kind of touched on in our, our pre-call yesterday, basically a pre-recording call. Um, but it's, it's, you know, Brownie, what was it? He scouted JD, right? And then JD comes back a lot. 
guys come back to Nova a lot. Um, how big is that for the program where, where you, you have a leader, you have a coach, and, and his former players are coming back and they want to be back at Nova to, to see the team um, and, and see Brown. How big is that for the guys who are still playing? Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Like I, like I was telling you guys yesterday, when you see those guys, they're right there for like right there next to you and you see how attainable your, your dream is to get to the next level. You're like, wow, like I can really do this. And then you see these guys talking to you, trying to help you out. And you see the culture at Nova. You're like, why would anyone not want to come here? That's the that's the thing. Who was who was your favorite guy that would come back that you could pick their brain? Like, who would you who would you try to talk to the most that you could? Probably, honestly, I, I have to go with my brother because he was there a lot, and he would always come and talk about catching with us, come with Brownie and talk about all these different things, and then I'd talk about hitting with him, but uh. I would say like higher, higher wisdom. Probably I talked to JD a couple of times and he was just, he was always talking about hitting and how if your timing's good, like you might be able to hit the ball, but if you have great mechanics and no timing, you might not be able to hit the ball. So it was just things, little things like that, that I would try to remember and write down. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Did, um, did you, sorry, Joe, did you, did you know, I mean, obviously your brother went there. But as a recruit, like, did you know that there was just big league guys hanging hanging around practice all all throughout the year, or was that something that came as more more guys got into the big leagues? No, I I I mean it it was still happening before I got there. But my brother's a man of few words; he wouldn't really talk about that much. So it all hit me hard, like just one practice when I saw like four or five pro guys there, and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of sick. Like, this is legit. Yeah. Bobby, I want to want to focus on Brownie and with catchers. Um obviously he had your brother and then I think you and I talked you had two other guys. Yeah. The two guys who have been playing in front of you the last couple years and then obviously hopefully you in the next coming year hopefully, too. Yeah. But you have this great line of catchers in the last 4 years. Like it's no coincidence that Brownie has a gift when it comes to coaching catchers like you kind of give people an insight of you know what does it what does a day look like for the catchers specifically and and what do you think he does that helps you guys so much yeah so I think there's no doubt about it we all know like the catchers work harder than everyone on the field and they're uh the head coach now Laz Gutierrez he always tells me Look, when the catchers do great, nothing gets noticed. When the catchers do bad, everything's on him. So it's, <laughs> I think that's crazy. But mm-hmm. Brownie just, he always harped on making the practices way harder, like I said. And uh, let's say, like, today we were doing receiving. We would do different angles, hop on uh, these little med ball things where you can't, you have no balance, thing, different things like that. And just, he bought this uh, machine with these balls that, through the nastiest curveballs I've ever seen. And <laughs> and I think I would say out of us four, there was maybe five balls caught that first day. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was tough. And then literally like two weeks later, everything was getting in our glove. Everything was getting in our glove. And it just gave us that extra mm-hmm. little confidence to get in there and just get to work, man. And it was just it was just incredible, that atmosphere and the culture that he's he's brought in there. 
Dude, I think it's I think it's crazy what no, you I, just said there. Um, sorry, Joe, I cut you off. But I think that that's big because I think Brownie got creative with how to get you guys better. I mean, whether it was I mean, not everyone can get the machine or but I mean there's there's different ways to get guys better, but I think that it's also huge if you're going to a place that like I know for our school at Chapman, uh Eddie, our pitching coach, Coach Edwards, just churns out just excellent division three pitchers that can compete in the minor leagues in indie ball and at a high level. And then they're at Nova Southeastern. You guys just were churning out catchers. I mean, if you're going to a school that, that does that, like find out if they do that. And if, and if you're at that position, maybe that might not be your first choice because they might not be the glamorous big school that you think of, but you, you yeah. might get picked up and go to the next level. I think that's yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's all about that developmental side. Well, Poppy, then I have, a, I have the question of looking back at it now, how frustrating, I guess, is it to see guys who are still like, Oh, I need to go D one. I need to go D one. When you have a place like, like Nova, who's just, who gets guys out. At almost a higher, like, isn't it like you guys and you Tampa aren't just insane with getting guys out to the next level? How frustrating is it to see high schoolers that are just like, I'm only going Division One? It's, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I get it because I I used to be that guy, so I understand those guys that are like, oh, D one, D one, D one, because that's all you hear about, you know? Oh, I'm blessed and excited mm-hmm. to commit to D one University. Like, all right, but who are these guys? Like, whatever, but. I just feel like from our side, I feel like we could have probably put a beating on a lot of D1s. Like, and I'm sure you guys would feel the same way. Oh, yeah. So my thing is, like, yeah, it's it's not D1. And maybe you feel like there's not going to be scouts, but there is going to be scouts there. And we've had, I think, I don't know what year. We've had three guys drafted almost every year now in the last, like, four years, something like that. So it's just, it's insane, man. Well, yeah, and I think I mean what's frustrating too with the whole Division One thing because yeah, there's there's definitely Division One schools that I'm sure both of our schools could just outpace, but you're not gonna get that respect from just some random college baseball fan rocking walking down the street because yeah. you're not in Division One. But the frustrating part for me is like it might just be like a connection thing where just like. One person knew one person that knew one person that got you to that Division One school, and I mean that's unfortunate. But that's I mean that's kind of the college baseball world. But it can kind of work for you both ways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I was telling you guys yesterday, all it takes is one dude to fall in love with you, and you're set. It's true. It's really true. And I guess the easiest way for me to think about about the whole connection aspect is, I mean, you see those huge. And I guess like super prestigious travel teams, like what is it, the Evo Shield Canes, yeah, or or I'm trying to think, the Utah Marshals are a big one, San Diego Show. I don't know what the ones are on the East Coast, Bobby, but you get on those teams, and that coach will basically he can call any any big time coach and say like you know like we have this guy going to to this SEC schools, and then like this kid's uncommitted though, like what do you yeah. think? And you know what I mean, like that guy's. That guy's working for you basically already. He's like your he's like your agent <laughs> while you're in high school. Not actually. I'm not gonna say that, but oh, yeah. at NCAA. Uh, but it, it kinda is <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It kinda Don't is in this that, podcast. It kinda Yeah, yeah, no. Um 
but it kind of is in that same in that same realm of you know when you get on those teams you basically have someone working for you and poppy i want to ask you this what's the i guess recruiting culture like in florida is it more of a of a team type thing or you guys or like guys going to mostly showcases or both i would say it's i mean i don't know lately from well from when i was there i would say it was mainly like tournaments and things like that like yeah you could go do your like little your showcases and stuff like with like at the actual colleges like camps and stuff and i feel like they always like oh we we got 10 guys on our team right now from like camps and stuff and like i mean maybe that's true but i i never had an experience like that and but i was i would definitely say yeah those showcases and stuff those perfect game things sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad you know how those things are but i would definitely say sometimes i feel like they're just trying to take your money man and i think that's that's like the worst thing ever when kids are just trying to be the best they can and be recruited by a school they want i just feel like that's that's tough oh yeah we've 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 touched on that that it's kind of getting out of hand just the amount of money that it takes sometimes to to get recruited but i i'm actually i'm curious because you talked about how it's a lot of tournament driven out um in the florida area do you think that like Florida schools, like Florida um, uh, colleges and universities, do you think they're recruiting more just based off of the culture of the area, like how they recruit, whether it be showcase or tournaments? Because I know at least in the West Coast, at least when I was going through the recruiting process, it was very, very showcase driven, um, or at least that's what it seemed to me. So I'm more, I'm curious if like there's like different like hot spots because I know we talked with Joe, um, sorry Jack in Michigan. And it was kind of team based there too. So I, I'm just I'm curious about that. What you think? Yeah, about I would say it's definitely yeah team based, like you're saying. But you would you would go to like a tournament or like a game, and I'm talking about there'd be like twenty something scouts there. And I was on one of those higher end summer teams, so I ha- we had like all those guys. We had like UM, UF, like UCF, all those guys that you could think of. And they mm-hmm. were all there watching, and we, like I was with those big name guys that are probably drafted now or at those big D ones. But yeah, I just feel like those those definitely those tournaments you saw a bunch of people. But the thing is, they're they're there to see someone, so you would have to open their eyes and do something that's like unheard of if they're not looking at you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the other thing that we've started to touch on more is I think if you go to those showcases or you go to those tournaments, like the value of being like already in touch with some of those coaches that are going to be there is like huge, huge. And like, no one says anything about that. No, not at all. You know, like, um, but I think that's the difference between like, I guess an effective use of your showcase and a non-effective use of your showcase. Would you agree, Poppy? Yeah, I would definitely agree. Uh, I think it was angle that I heard, I heard you guys talking with that. He was talking about get those emails out and stuff. And I think that's huge. Yeah. You got to try to get those emails out. Talk to bro. Who cares? Like send emails to a hundred guys who cares and, and tell Mm -hmm. them like, you're excited, like you're interested and like show them your interests and like tell them what you can do and then see if they'll come out. You got nothing to lose. At the end of the day, it's, it's, exactly. it's all about you. Yeah. And like you said, you only need one, right? Exactly. You need one person to say, yeah. Um, well, Alex, then if, 
if that's if that's what we're going to talk about just getting your name out there and and how to do it and where to go i mean if you if you could go back and do it again i mean what advice would you give yourself on obviously you love your where you're at with nova but i mean if you could do it again what advice would you give yourself what advice would i give myself um i would say to get my name out there probably just send more emails and talk to more coaches and and like sometimes i would feel like oh i don't want to like talk to my summer coach or i don't want to talk to my high school coach about this college because i'll feel like i'm bothering them and at the end of the day i would feel like you know what like it's it's my life it's my college career like who cares like i'm gonna bother these guys i don't care what they think this is this is all about me gotcha and then poppy i have one more question you know i think obviously obviously you've said it before but brownie is great with just development of the player and, but the person also i know we've some that's something we talked yeah. about a lot last summer is just it, he develops you more as a person than he does as a player yes. which is crazy cause so he does an amazing job with players but i guess what was the i guess you said trust the process was huge but what was another big thing that brownie talked about in terms of development as a player in person that really resonated with empathy you. empathy empathy bro if you can if you can understand one another and you can understand what one's going through and you could help them get through it and for for a teammate in life in the in the real world that's huge man people that's 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 leadership right there think about the best leaders in the world they're always empathetic towards people and and we actually had a leadership council with Brownie. We have one now, but we had one with Brownie as well. And it was uh, anyone that wanted to go, I don't know, Tuesday nights maybe. And we would spend, I'm talking about like three or four hours there, not even talk about anything about baseball, just talk about what's going on in the world, what we saw in leadership today, what we think is good, what we think is bad, and just get into these debates or talk about everything and try to see eye to eye with each other. And it was pretty crazy. Dude, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. And I think it speaks volumes to, you know, I don't want to, I guess, talk bad of the education system. But I think in terms of my life, the the biggest lessons I've learned is is through, one, my family, and through two, like, life. baseball and my teammates. <laughs> yeah. My Well, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> good way of putting it, Jared. But, but yeah, and it, it, it's – I think that's something that, you know, I, I – I think I look at a lot of high school programs and I'm like, man, I wish, I hope that they're teaching these kids more than just baseball. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's what the successful leaders for any sport, any, like whether that's in business, it, it doesn't matter. It's like, how can they help you develop as a person? Do they care about you as a person? And are they teaching you stuff to better yourself as a person rather than anything else, whether a player than an employee. Um, so it's fascinating to hear that Brownie and that, Coach Gutierrez are doing that now. Um, Poppy, just want to thank you. This has been um, this has been one hell of a podcast. Um, so thanks for thanks again for coming on. No problem, man. Thank you guys. Welcome back, everyone. This was easily one of my favorite podcasts that we've recorded so far on on official visit. We we got to talk about networking and connections in the recruiting process but most importantly we got to talk about a championship culture and I think 
both you as a as a high school player or even you as a college player that is just something that you can take to your program and you can build off of so i hope you were able to get at least one thing from this podcast to implement um for yourself moving forward but guys th- these are the types of uh interviews and guests that we try to have on here every single week here at official visit and if you guys are liking what you're hearing, please please share this with anyone that you feel who might benefit from listening to these. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe or follow us on, on Spotify so you can see when we release a new episode. And also be sure to check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. We're on all the social media platforms. And also reach out to us via email if you guys want to ask some questions or or even have someone on the on the podcast. But make sure you're also checking out our website. We're we're posting new content on there, trying to be able to get you different resources and different advice from from all the previous guests that we've had. So until next time, guys, we will see you in the next episode.